whether you're looking for a job or whether you're looking for promotion or looking for other opportunities within your company, or you're looking to grow your business, you're looking for clients. If you don't understand that this is your number one marketing tool, you're really missing the mark. Because even if you're a business owner, people want to buy from people rather than companies. When they want to know about your company, what do they do? They come and look at you. Welcome to the More Clients, Less Effort podcast, where we provide expert insights and strategies to turbocharge your business growth. I'm your host, Tim Hyde, and in this series, we'll unpack the secrets, proven systems, and the sales and marketing strategies used by successful business owners to attract, convert, and keep A-class clients on autopilot. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur looking to scale your customer acquisition or a budding startup owner looking to crack the code on attracting the right clients, you've come to the right place. Join us on this journey to building a thriving business that leaves a lasting impact. Now let's get started. Let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of More Clients, Less Effort. I have an amazing guest today, Carol Camera turned terrible news into an amazing opportunity. We've all seen it in movies and know it in real life, but Carol was the uh, the, the unfortunate beneficiary, maybe, of a surprise downturning in a Fortune 500 company where she served as a consultant. But Carol discovered that her 20 years of marketing communications experience provided the perfect setup for helping professionals set up their online brand and recognizing adversity, you know, opportunity in adversity. Carol made the pivot and recognizing that LinkedIn is a weak link for online reputation for many executives. Carol's now helps C-suite executives and senior leaders use LinkedIn powerfully. Now, Carol's written an amazing book as well, LinkedIn for the Savvy, Savvy Executive, which I'll get you to hold up in a sec, Carol, and we're going to put some details about that in the show notes as well. It's now been published in its second edition in 2021, which enabled American Reporter Magazine to recognize Carol as one of the top six personal branding experts in the world, which is an amazing achievement. Carol's a professional member of the National Speakers Association, a certified virtual presenter, advisor to the C-Suite Network, which is where we met Carol, and an esteemed faculty members of its Thought Council and Women's Coaching and Consulting Councils as well. Carol, welcome to the show. It's so fantastic to have you here and explore what we're going to explore today. Wonderful to be with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Now, look, I think, I think this is a really interesting thing. And, and a lot of people come to into business with an amazing skill set. In your case, it was 20 years of marketing communications experience. And it must have been, you were like, I'm set for life. I've got this cushy corporate job sort of thing. But so many of us experience kind of, we, we, we feel in corporate, particularly for those of us who have been in corporate before, we feel that this is just this thing that just goes on and on and on and on. But we don't really, it's, just a, it's an illusion of control, isn't it? It is. I thought that I had the best of all possible worlds because I was external to the company and I had the ability to work with different divisions, two different divisions that I supported. And within those divisions, I worked with a lot of departments, but it was really all the eggs were in the same basket. I thought I had eggs in different baskets, but it was not Correct. So it happened actually in two years, the first division decided to take its marketing communications outside with a retained arrangement. And the next year, my other major division client did the same. And all of a sudden, I was out of business. Yeah. 
So even though, even though you sort of had, you know, you were effectively consulting and had a business, that, but it was just with the one client in effect, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I thought that I was diverse, not so. And yet I wouldn't change a thing because declaring on my own that I would be serving just their company, let me serve in such a deeper level and it let me never have a conflict of interest. And that was why I decided to do that. Yeah, to just I'm I'm curious because I mean a 20 year career, particularly in corporate marketing comms, is is a very long time. You would have seen some incredible changes over that yeah. time from I imagine sort of 80s, 90s into running your business now, which is probably even longer, right? 20 years of just corporate comms. What have you? How did you get into it in the first place? What was what was it about marketing comms that said this is what I want to sort of dedicate my life to? And what have you seen in terms of transition, I guess, particularly through the advent of the internet and social media, which is where you focus on now? But let's start with that first question first. How did you get into it? What was it about marketing comms that you thought, this is something I'm really interested in? I was really interested in talking about all things medical and the company that I served did implantable medical devices. And so I also had a deep experience, deep past experience in working with physicians. I had worked for the state equivalent in Minnesota of the American Medical Association. So I had a lot of experience in communicating with physicians. And this position allowed me to communicate on behalf of the company to physicians, to patients, and to third-party payers. The other thing I loved about it was the, the diversity the voice that you speak to each of those audiences is different and the kinds of things that they allowed me to do. I would work with physicians directly and write peer-reviewed journal articles with them for them. It was it was fabulous. I had a really good time. What have you what have you seen as a transition over that time, right? Obviously, yeah, social media has done a fantastic job of muscling its way into the common conscious as this is everything that you need to do in marketing. But what have you seen as a as a transition over over the time that you've been working in marketing comms? What's what's different now from what it used uh, to be and what's what's the same? Okay. Well, one of the things that's different is that although I was an outsider and a contractor, they outsourced the whole darn department. And that was really different. When I worked with this one division that is just new, they let me do everything. I got to do strategy. I got to plan international launches. And each little component of that, they let me do as a contractor. It was fabulous. I had the best time. (laughs) And then I worked with also the larger division that had long-term stability. And what I noticed was that they carved out just little people. You know, you write our draft. And instead of letting me shepherd it through the review process and getting to know all the people, and that was what the internal people did. So, and now I don't know what they've done, whether they're back to having internal people or not. I think I'll see that in corporate and government as well. We've got to recognize that there's this cycle that people go through, right? Yeah. Sometimes they're going to insource everything. Other times they're going to outsource everything. And we've got to ride these cycles and potentially even be aware of these. I know for you, when you 
I guess, lost your job as a consultant there, that you you turned to LinkedIn and said, okay, well, this is the platform that professionals use, right? And you became a serious student of LinkedIn, checking out every webinar and watching training videos and, and, and learning from yourself. So you knew the algorithms for the profile. But where you are now is almost an, an accident of just happened to be that first to market in the like, I need to learn about LinkedIn. And <laughs> there's other people going through the same challenges that I have. Absolutely. So it is It is really interesting. When some people ask me, how did I get to do this? It's like, well, it just kind of happened. So the studying part, that, that didn't just kind of happen. I knew that that was the next step because my network was all within that company. And I had no network and I had no brand recognition, no recognition of what I could do external to that company. And those were things that I knew that LinkedIn could do for me. What I was going for was a corporate position. Well, this outside thing didn't work. Let me get inside. But instead, I reached out to people that I had worked with for all those years. And I said, sit with me. Let me show you what I'm learning. This is so powerful. Mm. And we work on their profile a little bit. And pretty soon they started sending me their friends who all wanted my service, my writing skill, my ability to use what I had learned on LinkedIn to help them get their next job, help them move to the next level, whatever it was that they were needing. And instead of continuing to pound on this corporate door and that corporate door, I decided that I would listen to the voice that was calling. I had people who wanted what I could do for them. Yeah. It's really interesting. I think so many of us find ourselves through personal adversity, like you did, discovering that we need to learn a skill or apply a skill in a slightly different way than potentially we had done before. And then just showing other people that skill, other people are going through that same thing. So as you say, you stopped pounding on the door and you started helping other people who wanted to pound on the corporate door for the next promotion yeah. or the next job as well, right? Yes. And changing that whole dynamic, I think, is a really important thing. One big takeaway, I've I've got a, a nugget that I want to sort of draw out again from, from what you said, is the importance of personal branding. And I think for me, Absolutely. one thing I've seen over the last 30 years that I've been in in marketing as well, is the way that we buy services from other people. So even if you're having a referral or recommendation from somebody else, one of the things that we tend to do, even if we're not aware of necessarily doing it, is we go and find a little bit of social proof. So I've been introduced to Carol through a mutual acquaintance who's done some work with you. And the first thing I'm going to go and do is I'm going to check out your presence, right? I'm going to look at your website. I'm going to look at your LinkedIn profile. I might go and check you out on Instagram or Facebook, right? And that that understanding of how our brand is perceived yes. is consistent across all of those things. It is become so important in helping that come that person come back to the journey that they were taking to kind of buy your services and then continue yeah. on because they've ticked that box. And I couldn't tell you the number of times that someone's gone to my website and said, oh, "I really like your website, Tim." You've worked with a lot of companies in a lot of countries, you know, you're still on your first wife. That's funny. But I hope you didn't go too deep into my website because it's an absolute mess. But people have gone and done that. And, and that's one of the things that I've certainly noticed that, and this is why the work that you do is so critically important, that whether you think they are or not, people are checking out how Absolutely. you appear online. And this is where this idea of personal branding becomes so critically 
important. Whether you're an employee and trying to climb the corporate ladder or whether you're a business owner, people will check out whether you tick those those boxes for them. Absolutely. It is important. It's one of the first things that people learn about us is what do we look like? In order to find out, you look at our LinkedIn profile. Who are we? We're getting it from the LinkedIn profile. And so many people have skeletal profiles that don't serve them at all. And that's where the rubber meets the road for me is helping someone go from a negative of, well, it's a profile, but really this is not working for you to, oh my gosh, not only can people find you by name, which of course you would expect, but opportunities are finding you because you have such good text that the keywords are are floating to the top and and you are ranking well on that keyword search that's being done. Yeah. I think this is an important thing, right? You've got to forget, you've got to remember that that anything you do with a prospect, again, prospective employer, prospective client, the the content that you put in front of them is going to enhance the relationship, right? Do nothing or detract from the relationship. Now, right. if it does nothing or detracts from the relationship, why have it at all? Yeah. And you're absolutely right. You know, so many people on LinkedIn have really scant, scarce profiles that don't really reflect who they are, what they're doing. And so when someone goes and checks you out and they go, did that do one of those three things? Did it enhance the relationship, right? Did it attract or do nothing? In the same way that if you were going to stand around the water cooler on a Friday afternoon and say, hey, Carol, what are you doing this weekend? As people do, and they're gonna, you're going to say, I'm going to check out that new Japanese restaurant down the road that's just opened. I hear it's, it's really good. And you go off and you know, have your weekend and you go to the, the restaurant with your significant other. What's the, what's the question that you're going to get on the Monday morning, right? When you get back into the office, it'll be like, how was it? How was it? And you're going to say, oh my God, it was mind-blowing. It was the best dining experience I ever had. Or you're going to go, eh, yeah, <laughs> it was all right. Okay. And and only one of those three things is going to get the person you're talking to excited about going to make a booking. Yes. And we've got to think about our LinkedIn profiles in, I think, in the same way that if someone comes and checks you out, they're going to go, oh my God, I want to take the next step with you or not. Right. And we do all this stuff around content and, and conversations and connections on LinkedIn as well. But if you're creating great content and someone says, oh, that looks really good. And then they click on your profile, <laughs> they go to your profile and there's not much there. Well, there's yeah. no next step. It seems to be missing a point, right? Right. Right. It is, it is sad. One of the things that really motivated me to become a LinkedIn expert once people had identified me as a LinkedIn expert was that way back in 2008, I had three executive friends who lost their jobs. And that was not uncommon. So a year later or so, as I saw them each individually, I said, well, so where where did you land? And each of them looked at their feet for the longest time, then kind of cleared their throat and kind of brought their eyes up and said, well, I guess I've retired. I couldn't understand that until in 2011, I lost my position. And then I realized what they'd missed. They missed that paradigm shift between what color vellum are you using for your resume and what font are you using to people don't care about that so much anymore. They're looking for you online first. It's it's the paradigm shift that so many of us in marketing communications haven't realized, which is digital first before print. And people want their information right now. And none of those people 
had learned how to use LinkedIn. When I figured that out, that was my clue that my why was to make sure that that didn't continue to happen to people because those friends were not close to retirement age. Those friends had, they had kids in college that they needed to finish putting through. It was, it was really an incredible loss to the world that they lost the leadership of those people because they lost heart. So I consider part of my why is to make sure that we don't continue to lose people just because you have a merger of two companies and they can only have one CIO. All of those things that spit people out at 50 plus, and then they feel like they're done. Well, life's more exciting than that. We should make it possible for people to continue to contribute to the world of work as long as they want to. Yeah, I I completely agree. What do you think? Because I'm going back to probably 2009-ish, maybe 2010, when I first started to look at how I would transition from my corporate career into consulting work. And I recall having a conversation with a mate of mine in Melbourne who said, okay, well, if we're going to do this, Someone's going to come and check us out and see what our credentials are. And so we need to make sure that what they look at, right, ticks the box. Yes. And I'm sure we made a ton of mistakes. But what is what are the most common mistakes that you see people make with, with LinkedIn? It's not understanding that it's a marketing tool for yourself. Whether you're looking for a job or whether you're looking for promotion or looking for other opportunities within your company, or you're looking to grow your business, you're looking for clients. If you don't understand that this is your number one marketing tool, you're really missing the mark. Because even if you're a business owner, people want to buy from people rather than companies. And so when they want to know about your company, what do they do? They come and look at you. So the people who have a headshot that is from somebody else's wedding, and they've got the arm on the shoulder that belongs to somebody else. Yeah, and that, that person's cut uh, out a little bit. Yeah, that, that doesn't work for me. The people who have no background banner, that LinkedIn banner that's empty. I, I heard somebody describe today, it looks like you you have abandoned your profile you know, because it has no message and it's the biggest space you have. So it's like, what are we communicating here? Then there are the people that go with the standard headline. So I had a gentleman who met with me today to see what I could do with his profile. And I said, well, general counsel, that is a great, great job. But general counsel for one kind of company doesn't really do the same thing as general counsel for another company. And I said, I looked it through your profile and you have some very interesting background, but nobody's going to read that if you haven't taken time to customize your headline. So those are three big things that are above the fold. We used to use that term and we still use it. It's the fold in the newspaper, right? It was the first bit you saw. It doesn't make any sense anymore, but maybe it's above the scroll bar. It's the attention grabbers, isn't it? Right? I have a thing I call my 330 rule. Right? And so I have three seconds right, to earn the right to have 30 seconds of your attention. And if I don't grab your attention with that first three seconds, I don't get the 30 at all. Right? It's, right. it's like it's like a, a magazine at the newsstand or the supermarket checkout aisle. We look at those things because they're really attention grabbing headlines yes. that makes you pick <laughs> it up and go into the magazine to kind of find that article. Right? That's three seconds you have earn the right for 30 seconds. And I think a LinkedIn profile is no different. Get your banner right, get your good photo, right? And, and get 
a clear photo, right? Yes. Go and invest in the professional photography people, please. Yes. Right? And that yeah. that 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 little byline that appears, which LinkedIn has now made a little bit longer, which is good. Yeah. Use that to your advantage because those that that's that three seconds that allows you to earn the right for someone to yeah. go and read your about section, you know, and read your history and read your testimonials and recommendations and and things that you're interested in. Now I know you have a, a system. I want you to share this because for you, you've got a signature print principle that sort of you use in terms of how you use LinkedIn to attract business to yourself as well. Um, share with us a bit of that of that system and how you use it to get more clients with less effort. Absolutely. I love to write. That's why I was in marketing communications. So I share every day on LinkedIn. And usually what I'm sharing is I, I have six years of long form posts. I posted every month. And so, and they're, most of them are evergreen. And so I can tee them up in different ways. And that keeps me always in the feed. I'm learning some interesting different ways to post, and maybe I will adopt some of that too. But the concept of posting every day is important to me because I want people to be able to find me. And I want to be top of mind. My post today was about being top of mind. And especially now that so many of us are working from home, at least part of the time, being seen is hard in public, but it's easy on LinkedIn. So it's like, do it. So that's yep. that's yep. part of my signature. The other thing is that I continue to follow up with my clients over the years and I continue to get referrals from them that yeah. way. One thing that, that you do that I really like is this system part, you've just sort of touched on it very briefly there, paying attention to others, paying attention to past clients, Yes. saying, hey, how are you going? What are you doing right now? But talk, talk to me more how else you pay attention to others. What does that mean? Okay. So when I see someone who's dear to me, who has posted something that's worthy of comment, I will spend really quite some time, some 15 minutes, trying to figure out the exact thing that I want to say back to them. Because I know that LinkedIn doesn't honor any comment under five words. So many of those comments that people receive, like, congrats, or you go, girl, great post, thanks for sharing. None of those count for whether the post that you've written is going to have another spin on the wheel. In order for it to have to count, it has to be five words and it has to look like conversation. And so I do a couple of things. I tag the person so they know that I've responded because LinkedIn notifies them. I have read the long form post that they've posted and I say, wow, point three really speaks to me because I've seen it in this situation. So I take time to write yes and kind of comment to allow the conversation to expand a little. And also when people comment to me, I try to milk it for all it's worth. I say, yes, I appreciate that. Such a good point though, because it's so much about creating depth of conversation, not just right. number of conversations. Like you and I both received them. And I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. The 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 post, the, the comment or the, the friend request that says, hi, here are my list of services. Let's chat because you're great partners. I'm like, well, hang on a second. Let's get to know each other first. So it's not whilst it is a numbers game, 
to an extent, we can tip the odds in our favor a bit by actually starting to be genuine. And as you say, paying attention to others, adding value into conversations. And other people start to see that because it's not just a great post. But every time you comment on someone else's content, right, your photo, your job title and your little bio appears over every single one of those comments. And so it's not even, and someone else reading and goes, geez, Carol seems a bit smart. I need to connect. Yeah. I keep seeing her pop up on this feed, right? She yes. seems to know what she's talking about. So I always tell my clients that they should add value in three ways, that they should add value to the person whose post they're commenting on. They should add value to other people who are reading it, and they should add value to themselves. And that adding value to themselves is, are you showing that you paid attention to what was written? Are you showing that you have some smarts there? Are you expanding? Are you adding value? And when you add value in those three ways, it it really does work for you. And, and that is, that's important to me. I know that there are an awful lot of people who are just raking in connections like poker chips and and they're just hoarding them. They think that these chips are going to do something for them. But when you connect and you bother to talk and you maybe take it offline by having a little Zoom visit, the reaction and the response that you get going forward is so much better than it would have been if you just are We've done that transaction now, lads. <laughs> People love to be paid attention to. I think you're right. You, you said it first up, right? People don't buy from companies. People buy from people. And Absolutely. if we can build a relationship, we're more likely to get to the goal that we want. Absolutely. Actually, I'm reminded as you say that about sort of the hoarding in connections like poker chips of someone I connected to sometime. And I actually, I, I, I cut and paste the conversation on Facebook as a, as a, as a bit of a case study. But the byline for this, this particular woman was connected to over 25,000 business owners worldwide. And I was just getting into business at this stage and I thought, this is fantastic, right? If you're connected to business owners, great. We build systems that help those business owners right, organize their connections and talk to more people and stuff. And, and I've got a system that helps us talk to manage the conversations with 11,000 people on LinkedIn that I'm connected to. But I thought, this is fantastic. And the conversation went something like this and says, hey, I will call her Susan just for argument's sake. I can't recall what exact name was. Hey, Susan, great to connect. Look forward to getting to know a bit more about what you're doing and that sort of stuff. And she's gone, thanks, Tim. It's great to connect. So I saw you connected to all these people. I'd love to know how you do that and what is that you do, right? What is your what is your role? What is your job? How do you help these people? And says, oh, I don't want to talk about that. I was like, what's the point of connecting then? But I went back yeah. and forth like this and said, oh, perhaps it's not the right connection. I'm like, I'm trying to learn more about you, maybe so that I can help you and you can help me and we can actually explore what this connection's about. And she got really, really defensive about me potentially asking what she actually did. Oh, my. What, what's, oh. The, what's the point of this? And, and we get some really weird ones, I think, and that was one of them. But why sort of put yourself out and say that I'm connected with all these people if you're yeah. not open to a conversation about it says, oh, I prefer to get, to get to know people. And I said, this is great, but this is a business platform. Okay. So it would not, it's not unreasonable that I actually ask what you do. All right. If this was Facebook, I might say, what are your plans for the weekend? And how's your dog? But it was a really weird conversation. I think there's all sorts of strange cats everywhere, but this was just one that, but it's okay to have this conversation. But I, I do agree with you. Pay attention, add value where you can. And even if you disagree, disagree respectfully, say, this is what I've seen. This is my experience based on on your points. Aim to go deeper. 
definitely think aim to go deeper. And that's one, that's my big takeaway from how paying, how you're paying attention to others. Yes. I just think it's a nice thing to do too. Absolutely. Well, you never know, you know what opportunities will come from the conversations you, you're going to have. Might be a client, might be someone I can, I can open the door for you, might be someone that you can partner with. Carol, we're going we're gonna to sort of start to wrap up now, but one of the things we love to do on this show is our quickfire round at the end of every podcast. And I've got a couple of questions picked out here for you to, okay. to see how we go. So super quick. All right. What's your biggest failure and what did you learn from that experience? Actually, something that I considered my biggest failure for a very long time was the loss of my job with that Fortune 500 company where I was a consultant. What I learned from that over time was that it was not my fault at all, that it all had to do with corporate money shuffling. And I certainly was not the only one that was uh, affected. But the only thing that I learned during that time was that I had the I am my job myth assigned to me. That was it. And when I lost my job, what did that mean for Mm. me? So I spend a lot of time speaking to groups who've gone through job loss, telling them it's not about you and helping them separate themselves from the job. One of the things that I suggest to people is that they write a list of all the things that they loved in their job. And when they've completed it, then they can write the list of all the things that they did that they didn't love about the job. Interestingly enough, by that point, they're getting a longer list in the second list. <laughs> it it takes some of the sting away. So I don't know. It just just about how we position ourselves and how we take responsibility for our careers and who we are. That we are not our jobs, and that we can do so many things with our same skills. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. What's a commonly held belief about your role that you passionately disagree with? So people hear that that I work with people on LinkedIn, and they go, "So tell me how to get." 5,000 people in a day. I'm going, that's not what I do. Really, really, that's up to you. I I really hate it when people think that I'm a lead generator because I hate those mechanized ways for people to get boatloads of folks because I think LinkedIn is all about relationships and you can only have so many relationships. <laughs> yeah, more, more is not necessarily better. No, in this case. no. Right. If you won $10 million tomorrow, what would you spend it on? Okay. Well, I would probably book quite a few trips around the world. I would come to Australia and I would visit my Australian friends. But a big chunk of what I would win would go toward providing clean water wells in areas of East Africa where there is no access to clean water. I'm on the board of a charity called Water to Thrive. And in the areas that we serve, women and girls are walking four to six hours a day And the water they come back with has been wallowed in by hippos and such. You can imagine the quality of the water. And they don't have the fuel to boil it. They just let it settle. And then they kind of skein off the leeches and the things that they can see. And that breaks my heart. And so I would would really fund quite a few wells. Fantastic. I love that. It is so much about if we're creating opportunity, let's let's share and create opportunity for others as well. I think that's a really yes, amazing and, and worthwhile cause. For your life's work, Carol, 
how can we connect with you? Where can we find you online? Okay. The key to it all is figuring out how to spell this terribly hard last name, <laughs> Hammerer. So let me teach you how to spell it so you can look me up. It's K-A-E-M-M, like Mickey Mouse, E-R-E-R. So. <laughs> I love that. We'll make it a bit easier. We'll put your links to your... Yeah. Um, definitely look look up Carol. There's not too many Carol cameras on LinkedIn conveniently. And you know. and and also my, my website is carolcamera.com. Fantastic. We will put links in the show notes that you can go and find those. Guys, Carol, thank you so much for sharing so many valuable on LinkedIn today. It is a, an incredibly powerful platform if it's used correctly. And I think you've shared some absolute fantastic tips on how to go about that today. And I appreciate sharing candidly your knowledge and experience over a very long time in marketing communications and levering LinkedIn platform to help grow your personal brand and, and your business. Guys, thanks again so much for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. We'd love it if you shared, followed, liked. There's three dots at the top of the, of the phone there. You can click on and do any of those things. And we look forward to seeing you on another episode real soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of More Clients, Less Effort. Join us next time for another insightful discussion filled with actionable advice and inspiring stories, all geared towards helping you grow and scale your business simply and easily. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.